0: Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hello to you. Welcome back to another solo episode. And I'm so excited to be back in your ear. I have so much gratitude probably more than I've ever had in my life, as my dad would say, to be on the right side of the grass, to be experiencing this, to be being able to breathe in air. And there is no better time to be alive. There's no time before where we've had this amount of information at our fingertips, where we can have these conversations. And, you know, really philosophy was born of wealth, that it was born of like not having to think about you know, what you're you know, going to eat or, you know, all those types of things. So if people had spare time and then they started to think about the purpose of life and we have this ability to learn so much information and with that becomes the need to implement that information, to integrate it. And so it's such a gift to be part of this. So I'm really grateful that you're here. And because I'm in the trenches with you, you know, ever expanding, ever learning, ever doing, ever growing, I wanted to offer something that I've never done before and I will likely never do again, which is if you are trying to get over someone, you have someone who's still haunting your mind, you have an ex who's holding you back from opening up to love, or even if you're in love, it's really still a sticky point. There's part of you still there. You know if it's you because you know that that exists. You might deny it, but let's just own it. Then you have to sign up for my five-week breakup recovery course. It's all about going through the stages of grief and the stages of expansion all, cracking and expanding happen at the same time and that's what this course is about I Come into your inbox every day with a video and we really go to work on creating closure not getting it from someone else creating it ourselves and the thing that i've never done before is that i'm going to do three live group coaching calls and we're going to talk about the material i'm going to answer your questions and those calls are going to be on October 6th, October 20th, and November 3rd. All you have to do is sign up by September 30th. So to sign up, you go to bit.ly bit.ly. So bit.ly slash rebirth. So go there now, sign up, get loaded in. Let's do this. The coaching calls are going to be amazing. We're going to re- answer all the questions, review all the stuff, really crush it, and get you to a place where you are open to new love. So go to bit.ly bit.ly. Slash breakup Rebirth. Without further ado, here is the solo episode. Hello to you and welcome back to another episode of the Mark Rose Podcast. One of the special ones, which I don't mean special because it's like uniquely different than all the other ones because I feel like all of them have their own sort of zest and appeal and in life to themselves But it's because uh, I do biweekly-ish. I like to add ish so I don't have to do it. I get to do it when it suits. But I do these episodes that are personal where I'm only on here and just talking about what I'm learning, what I'm growing from, what I'm going through. It's challenging, right? Because, well, it might not be for you, but it is for me sometimes. And I've said this before that when you choose to do work like I have chosen to do, You are in a public eye, which means, which is great, you know, because there's a certain level of accountability that comes with that. But there's the other side of that, which is there are truths that you'd like to hold private for a bit that come out probably earlier than than a regular, I don't mean regular person in a bad way, but, you know, when you don't have an Instagram with a city following you, you know, which is such an honor and a privilege. It really is, and I'm so grateful for it. And also, I didn't feel called to do a special episode last week because, for those of you that don't know, my romantic relationship came to a close, and I posted publicly about it. And that was a hard day. That was on the Thursday. So if you haven't learned about it or heard about it, you can go read my words about the relationship ending and just the love and admiration I have for Kylie, it's probably, a, no, it is the newest thing in my life to experience a breakup with lots of tools, you know, with a more emotional intelligence, with grace in my hand. And grace is really... And what has guided me through the last little bit, it's, it's really all I know. Grace for a couple things. One, for me to be human, for me to experience struggle, for my relationship to come to a close, and grace for her, for what it means to be a human being, what it means to struggle again on the other side. And I had a friend, when I told him that my relationship was coming to a close, He said, well, what is that going to do for your brand? What is that going to do? And I was like, nothing, you know, because if I have a follower who's like, I can't believe your relationship ended, you shouldn't be teaching about relationships. I'm like, you missed the whole fucking point. And the whole point is, and I'm going to speak more to that response because I experienced it a few times, but the whole point is that relationships lasting are only one measure of relational success. But this relationship coming to a close, I wouldn't change a thing. I've loved well. She's loved well. We've been open and transparent, and um, I've just grown so much as a human being. I place my self worth in that. I place relational success in that. Have I shown up? Did I eat everything on the table? Am I living life to the fullest? I absolutely am. I had someone say to me, "Well, if you had kids, you might, you know, have a different perspective." And I said, no, I would not, because you don't have to be together to be a great parent. You know, and I've worked with enough people whose parents stayed together till they were 18, and then they found out that their parents wanted to divorce and stay together for them, and then they hold resentment to their parents. And so, you know, it's, I've talked about this before, but really the ideal situation, of course, is two parents that love each other, but then the next ideal situation is two parents who care about each other who aren't together and then really people who don't like each other who are parents it doesn't matter whether together or apart the the conflict and the toxicity of that is is damaging to everybody around it including the two people who often resent each other because they blame each other for having to stay together this is a perpetual narrative of that we've inherited and where's it come from well it comes from historically that marriage was not about love it was about maintaining systems it was about people staying together so that the system stays in place the farms stayed you know had work on the workers on them that you married someone of a wealthy family to broaden your power broaden your lands all these different things and we're really in a rebellion of sorts of how relationships are structured and you know even look at how we shame the divorced, how we say, oh, my God, I can't believe you got divorced. Shame on you. Shame on you. You know, like I had a bunch of people write me and say, when you find love like that, you fight for it. You fight for it. And I was like, oh, my God, thank you so much for that insight. I better call Kai up because I just found out you're supposed to fight for love. Like, fuck. Are you kidding me? You know, it's, I understand that people can be disappointed through the news of it because I certainly am. But if your hope rests in my relational success, your hope for life or your hope for love, you're putting it in the wrong place and I'm not carrying it. I didn't choose to and I won't. That's such a marker of of this way that, you know, I didn't accept the shame of you fight for it when you love someone. Or this is typical of people these days, they just quit on things. And I mean, that's such a dangerous perspective because one, no one knows, no one goes to sleep with the people in the relationship they judge at night. Not saying that people are judging my relationship, so I just want to talk through this. But we don't see what's behind the doors. We don't know what conversations have happened, for the most part. We don't know all of them and we don't know most of them. And I've done a very... I'd say very courageous job of being open and honest about my relationship because I never want someone to pedestal myself away from being a human because then one, it makes what you strive for, what you hope for not accessible to you. If we do that, I've done that before. You find a teacher you love and you put them on this pedestal and then you find out they're human and you're like, fuck, but You know, that's the, I've been very transparent to say, like, we have conflicts. We, you know, I, I get defensive sometimes. I shut down sometimes. It's just that in my work, it's, or sorry, in the way I show up, it's like, I know to repair. I know to create more space between reaction and response. I know to build bridges where I've built walls. All those things only get practiced through being with someone else, through experiencing relationship, you know, the pain And the wounds that we incur occur in relationship, and that's where they get healed. That's why people have the, you know, all their shit together when they're single. But then when you get in a relationship, you're like, fuck, I thought I worked on that. God damn it. And so I'm reminded um, once again, which happens all the time, but once again, that we are human, that being a human is hard sometimes, that... Relationships can be really challenging and, you know, it didn't matter what amount of work we did, we couldn't figure out the timing challenges that we were having. And, you know, we have a significant enough age difference that you know, I want kids right away and she's not necessarily ready for kids and, you know, all of those types of things. And, and those are, you can love, two people can really love each other. And the actual love that exists there is through the choice to part. I think that's something that we often don't realize is sometimes love lets go. And I don't know that ever before in my life, before probably a couple years ago where I first experienced it, was the first moment that, you know, we were in a conversation and I said, you know, I want to create this future, I want to create this life and I want to create it with you. And if you can't, that's okay. I'll love you no matter what you choose. And in that moment, you know, I stood in my own power, in my own choice. But there was no love lost. If, if I was met with the answer that, you know, we're, we're at now, no love goes away. There's no punishment for choosing oneself. There's no punishment. There shouldn't be. There often is. But I'm not making our relationship coming to a close be about me and my self-worth because it's not i know that i know that cerebrally and i know that in the depths of my soul but man is that an interesting place to get to because it's so foreign from what we're taught and so i met unconditional love i learned it i was thinking the other day that i could die tomorrow and i've experienced great love how many people get to say that not that many but we're here and you're all obviously on the same path the same desire the same wanting to understand this thing this human thing this dance and the learning never stops always a student you know and i am grateful for the moments that i'm brought to my knees i'm grateful for the moments that i'm reminded of the complexity of our emotions of grief and when it visits and when it leaves and anger being my friend and just recognizing that in every other person is a challenge a battle a, an experience and if only we could meet each other with that grace and our pain but we have to make someone else's pain about us i hear things like that all the time what happens if a person's not ready what happens if they tell me they don't want a relationship what happens if, then they don't it's not about you but isn't it interesting that our minds still see through the vision of a child Because children, till they're about seven or eight, are sort of inherently narcissistic. And I don't mean that in the traditional clinical sense. I mean it in the sense that they make everything about themselves. So if you don't show up for them, if you forget them, you forget to pick them up, you forget, you know, all these different things. They make it about whether they're lovable or not. I know people whose parents got divorced at five and they think it's their fault till they don't. I was fascinated by this thought the other day that, you know, I've worked with a number of people who let's just be everybody for the most part, meh, 99.999 till you do the work has an inherent belief that they're not worthy of what they want of sharing their voice of living their dreams of chasing something, you know, a dream or whatever it is, even of standing in their truth and sharing a boundary you know, boundaries are so powerful because when you place a boundary, you say, I love me this much. And in the placing of the boundary, you get self-worth and to everyone else that communicates you have self-worth. They're very symbiotic. So if you drop the boundary and you get mashed on, you're going to not feel like you have great self-worth. So everything is sort of dependent on this belief. If And that's why I say to people, guide your choices with, if I was enough, what would I do? When you do that, you show up in a whole different place. What you start to do is cultivate your worth, but you do it outside of what the other person believes about what you've done. What I mean by that is when you place a boundary, usually we say, well, if I tell them I need this boundary respected and they're upset about it, then I didn't succeed, And I'm saying, no, you absolutely succeeded. The victory isn't in the outcome. It's in the process. It's in who you become as you place the boundary. It's in who you become as you shape your life. You know, you know, it's not like some people get a special category of people on Tinder that are not dysfunctional and they get the lucky ones. It's that people who end up in relationships with similar people are missing giant red flags. And so... You know, it's not, there's something that people who have high self worth see much earlier, even in a Tinder profile, that other people miss and don't code as a red flag. But if you actually step into your power, people who are manipulative, who are narcissistic, who are any of these things, they will fall away because they can't stay in your circle. And for the spiritual people, they'll say that they're not at your vibration. If you want to be scientific about it, you can be. They can't operate in the patterns of how you communicate. You have a boundary. You break a pattern with someone who is a boundary masher. And spiritually, they would say they're just lower vibration. They have a lower vibration. But it is scientific. It is based on the way we communicate. All relationships are a dance. If you do the cha-cha and you change it up and you do, I don't know, some other Cadillac ranch or I don't know, something else you force the other person to do a different dance. If they don't know another dance, they have to learn how. If they don't want to learn how, they can't dance with you. The power is in ourselves always, 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 always. And the transition that happens that's so powerful is you move from, if you love me, I love me. If you choose me, then I'm worthy of being chosen. If you validate me, then I'm validated. But when you step into your power and your worth and your voice and you stand in your truth... You are taking charge of your worth and your validation. You don't make anyone else in charge of it. And that way you won't date with this need for someone else to validate you, which is a totally different energetic, totally different. Manipulators can smell that shit. They can smell that shit if our energy is in a space of you can walk on me. I'm a doormat. Come over here. And I've been one. That's why I get so triggered when people don't see it. I'm like, come on, let's step it up. Someone asked me today, what happens if a guy tells you that he doesn't want a relationship? What do you do? I'm like, you say bye. If you want a relationship, say bye. It's so simple. And I said to her, you already know the truth. What you need to learn how to do is understand why you stopped paying attention to the truth. That's the quickest path to everything is... Right now, claim what's true. What do you know is true about who you are? How you show up? What's true about your life, your relationships, your job? Do you hate it? Do you give up on your dreams? Do you sabotage yourself? Are you addicted to sugar? Oh, God, I love gummy bears so much. I think I have a sugar addiction. But, you know, even in this you know, time, my friend was like, are you going to have a drink? I'm like, no. The last thing I need is alcohol. It's going to make me dance on a speaker, drink tequila end up in a short-term relationship, you know, it's not like I've made great choices on exceeding amounts of alcohol. Who has? No one can actually say, I've made life-changing amazing choices after I had 47 coronas. No one has. I mean, we all know that. So no, I'm not going to go back to old coping mechanisms. I'm not going to go back to old versions of me and come here to fuck around. I don't know about you, but I didn't come here to fuck around. One life, you know, how are you going to live it? How do you want to be remembered? How do you want to show up? You think about it, that belief that we hold is just a belief. It's not even real. It's just a belief. It's not even real, but it lives viscerally in our soul. It lives viscerally in our tissues till we take the brave, courageous step of just saying, if I loved me, what would I do? How would I change my life? What would I say? Who would I become? You're already that person you are already that person. You just haven't given birth to them. And that's the learning that I keep having, you know? I went out to the woods in the Mount Baker area, which is in Washington, when I'm hurting, but actually just in general. I really like to go to the wilderness. I really like to go to nourishing places, but especially the rainforest. For me, it is rainforest and mountains and hiking. It's just like put me in mother nature and allow me to become part of the system again to remember that all of this works so efficiently without anything. So I'm sitting by the river. I can feel my body sort of unwinding and this might sound existential or woo-woo, but who gives a shit? I can feel my body unwinding and becoming, almost feeling like it's slowing down, to the pace of the universe, to the pace of evolution, to the circadian rhythm of how this world works. And I just took deep breaths and I sat there and I watched this butterfly fly up the river from the left periphery of my vision all the way to the right. And I thought to myself, you know, that butterfly is not going to live a long life you know, relative to, well, the grand assumption I was making sitting on that log. But I was like, but they're here to do something. They're here to fly. And and they're on that mission right now. They're literally on that mission as we speak. And they're going to go do that thing. And if they don't do that thing, they become food to something else, which is another one of their jobs. But if they don't do that thing, the system breaks down. And everything on this planet has a purpose. Every plant, every... You know, that's why when we eradicate forests or something like that, you see the spillover. You know, I was watching a, like a YouTube video on forests and it was talking about a forest, I believe it was in Japan, that after it was logged, it became an arid desert because of the winds and it hadn't, you know, the trees, you know, captured the wind. And it became an arid desert. And then because it became an arid desert, all of a sudden under the water, it was on the ocean, the algae and the life underwater, the plants started to die moving into, you know, as you got deeper and deeper away from the shore. And I might not remember this exactly scientifically correctly, but here's what I do remember that there was something in the leaves that when they fell off the tree and they decomposed on the ground, that there was something in the leaves that washed out to the ocean That was important in the conversion, I believe, for food for the algae, for the plant. And because it didn't have that, the algae started to die. Or whatever the underwater plant was. If there's a marine person here, he's like, actually, it wasn't algae. It was, okay, yeah, we hear you. Something happened, and it sucked. And it shows you the interconnected nature of life. Everything is connected. And that's that deep personal work that we do where we begin to see ourselves and other people when we do deeper work to understand who we are, our pain, our experience. You can't treat another person like shit because you know what it's like to feel like shit. Even when someone does something stupid, it doesn't mean that you can't be like, that wasn't okay. Don't ever do that again. If you do, I'll end this relationship or I'll hang up this phone or whatever it is. It just means that you might start to have compassion for why people do things. Remember, compassion and tolerance are two completely fucking different things. They live in different places. They're not even really friends. So you can be compassionate about where someone comes from, but you don't have to tolerate their shit. But the more you get to know yourself, your purpose, your mission, who you are, and you give birth to that, and the more you participate in what is evolution and what is what keeps this place going. It's kind of fucked up when you think about it right we live on a planet in the middle of a solar system the universe we don't even know how anything actually works let's be honest it's we're fucking nothing we're a fucking species on a planet we have a lifetime and i sat there on this log realizing this like what do humans do you know we often take too much from our planet we often don't care enough about it we mine it. We do everything. Resources, resource, money, money, money. And we don't really give a fuck about other people, about the collective, about our species. I'm not saying that's true of everyone, but I'm saying it's true of a lot of people. I mean, if you're listening to this, you obviously care about people you care about yourself. But I really thought about that. I had sort of an existential crisis, (laughs) you know, because that loop that runs, why are we here? Who am I? What is this fucking mystery called life? Why are we on this planet? Why do we live in a solar system? Those are such important questions to ask. They cause panic, anxiety, because we can't complete the loop without surrender. You can't complete the loop without trust. And I sat on that log and I just saw it. thought to myself, like, these words just hit me. And I just heard, at what point did you think you were God? I was like, well, oh, that sucks. <laughs> I was, okay, tell me more. And then the follow-up question was like, why did you think you could force a story that wasn't yours? And I just thought, you know, I've been doing that. I've been forcing a space and a relationship and a connection that doesn't work in this container And you know when it feels like you're pushing a big rock up a big hill which has nothing to do with the people you're pushing that rock with but just that it's true, that it feels challenging and heavy and you do everything to figure out how to make it lighter but it just won't be. And then you have to learn to let it go. And then you become part of what is this universe. I think I had an existential crisis because I realized that I'm not only living in the mortality of the relationship that it has ended in the container that it's in, but it just reminded me of my own. It reminded me of how precious life is, about how important each moment is, about how much it matters that we show up, that we live this fully, that we embrace every second, and just how lucky we are. I woke up in the morning a couple days later and I opened my eyes and I took a breath and I just thought, thank you, I'm here. I got more time. I got more time to do more work, to expand, to grow, to become. And it's never too late. It's never too late. You have time. But it's slipping away, you know. And I think there's a beautiful thing that happens when you acknowledge that, when I acknowledge that, and that is that the impermanence of life invites expansion and it invites, why fuck around? Why fuck around? Why not do the shit you love? Why not take a risk? Why not tell them when you love them? Why not just call out the truth and face it and stop ignoring bullshit. Stop ignoring things that don't light your soul up. And if your relationship is in a place of dysfunction or challenge or pain, call it forward to change. Go to see your partner and say, I feel disconnected from you. I'm ready to shake shit up. I want to go see someone. I want to read this book. I want to do this thing. I'm committed to that. If you are not, tell me. But I love you and I care about you and I want to make this work. Are you ready? Because I am. And then you let them show up. And if they don't, you did. So you know you can let it go. One of the first talks I ever did, one of my opening lines was, not every relationship is meant to last forever. And I remember a bunch of people in the audience said, fuck that. They were pissed at what I said. I said, they aren't. Open your eyes. Look around you. Relationships end all the time. And other people's relationships ending scare the shit out of us because we think about ours ending because we believe we're incomplete without one. Look, there's no doubt that a really loving, safe, beautiful relationship is incredibly good for the heart, for the soul, for inflammation. High-conflict relationships are hard on our body. They're correlated to leaky gut. They're correlated to inflammation, which is, correlated, which is disease, ultimately. But it's not romantic relationships that are only necessary. It's relationships of all kinds. You can have the same benefits without being in one. I'm not saying you don't need to be in one or to get rid of the desire to be in one. What I'm saying is pay attention to the type of one you're in. And is it the type of one you want? And does it bring your soul peace? Not that it's going to all the time. I mean, let's be honest. Your partner's going to piss you off. They're human. You're going to piss them off. It's not a one-way street. You piss people off to own that shit. I do. I'm sure I'm annoying as shit sometimes to be around. I got lots of opinions. I'm gassy sometimes if I eat hummus, you know? (laughs) Shit. People are people. But at the same time, at the baseline of your connection, is there love? Is there peace? Is there a desire to grow and expand together? And sometimes there's just fear. Sometimes we're trapped in a loop. Sometimes we don't know our, our way out. Sometimes... We haven't talked about anything that's important in so long we forgot about our relationship. And that just means you start where you are. And it doesn't have to be about love. It's your relationship to anything, your relationship to your body. When did you forget about it? This vessel you're in. this beautiful vessel that we punish, that we don't have gratitude for, that we don't go out and exercise. You know, it's carrying your soul around. And often we use things as a way of escaping the existential crisis of knowing we might die, but also knowing that we are not living in our fullest by being addicted to things. That's why we're addicted to things. It's the disconnection from our truth, from who we are, from giving birth to our voice it comes from that pain of not being aligned with your soul. And that can mean anything for you, but whatever's coming up for you, that's what it means. Man, what conversations are you not having? Is that how you want to live? Because it's not how I want to live. I made a bunch of rules after my engagement ended when I was young, when I was 27. I mean, that's young to me now. One of the first rules I made was I would have all the conversations that mattered, all of them. And I'd have them the moment that they came up that I needed to have them. That's one of the hardest rules I've ever made in my life. The next rule was that I would always live at my highest level of knowledge. That I would always exist and show up as the best version of me based on what I've learned. I don't let learning sit idle. Don't, I don't let wisdom get tucked away and forget about it because it's such a gift. I don't let pain go unprocessed. I turn towards it. I embrace grief. I embrace anger. I embrace it all. I don't love it all all the time, but I love it. And I just surrender that life is trying to move through me if I let it. And that's that greater invitation to connect back to you, to connect back to just an inner knowing. I can't tell you what it is. I can say it's God, it's the one, it's universe, it's your soul. It could be all those things. Who gives a shit what the word is? You just know it exists. And that's the surrender. That's the thing that completes the loop. You complete the loop with that, with just starting to listen. Man, I don't know that there's anything else to say other than, fuck, man, this has been a ride this life is a ride and I love every fucking last second of it. Grateful for it all. Grateful for it all. Grateful for the deliciousness that contrast brings. I wouldn't change a thing in my life ever because it's all brought me to this exact moment and if you can just get to that place where you say it's all delicious I had so many people reach out and say, I'm so sorry to hear what you're going through. And I love that it's so beautiful and honoring and I'm grateful to have so many people who really care. And I thought to myself, I'm not sorry though. And it's not to dismiss their I'm sorry, just that I'm not sorry. I need to feel everything. That's what it means to be here. I don't wish for any of it to be tucked away or drank away or banged away or whatever we do. I just want to sit with it and allow it to build me into a greater man, a greater human, which is what is being invited of you. So I hope you enjoyed this. I'm sure I'll share more in the next one. I always do. We know that going to keep going. I love this platform. I love you. I appreciate you for being part of this journey and for just recognizing, man, we're all in it. We're all in it and we're all learning and we all got this. So I hope you have a wonderful day.